mini cupcake is a smaller version of a cupcake, which is just a mini version of a cake. Yes, yeah, so it's like two times removed of a cake. How far do you go with that? I mean, I don't think there's anything much smaller than mini, is there? Micro. But I mean, do you, when do you see a micro? Micro cupcake. Yeah. But when does it stop being a cupcake? You mean like when does it start? Be like well, a well, teaspoon well, cake. Well, more like when does it stop being a cake and then become a cupcake? I think it's just a cake because of what it's made of. Oh, yeah. I assume. I don't know the rules. Also, and then those muffins. it could be a mini cupcake unless you're like a fairy or something, and then it's a normal-sized cake Cup- again. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's all uh, part of uh, perspective, I guess. Yeah, it goes to scale. Yeah. Anything could be mini if you're big enough. <laughs> like, could you imagine if you stood 10 foot tall, easily five, 600 pounds, solid muscle, but if you had a 15, even a 20-inch wiener, mm-hmm. but you're that big? It's tiny. It's probably small. It pro- it doesn't match up. Oh, why did we revert back to Wiener? Well, I was going to, before that. I was gonna I was gonna bring up the whole you know how like Andre the Giant could just drink beers like water. Yeah, because, because he's it, so big. Yeah, it wouldn't do anything. His liver was probably the size of a full grown dog. <laughs> yeah, like immediately, you know, like a good sized dog too. And you figure like those beers he's taken down in like two gulps, right? He probably drank beers like I. Because I like V8 juice, but every once in a while when I go shopping, they only have the tiny little kid cans. <laughs> so when I drink those, like I, one shot, it's like a shot. It's like doing a shot. Yeah. So I'd imagine to Andre the Giant, a beer, a 12-ounce beer would be a shot to him. And he just downs them and then uh, probably doesn't feel any effects. Because you see pictures of him like with beers and it just rem- it reminds me of like Shaq trying to shoot three throws. Yeah, it looks Does like it, he's holding an orange. Yeah, it just, yeah, his hands it's are, like he's yeah. trying to shoot with like a fucking softball or something. <laughs> yeah, so this is just, it's just not big enough. Yeah. Do you ever, uh, like you're in gym class or something in school and somebody gets out one of those either like little dodgeballs or maybe even like a small uh, volleyball and you try to shoot on a regular basket and it just feels weird? Yeah. Like, and, you think it'd be, and you think it would be easier because you could yeah. just kind of like throw it or whatever, but no, it did the whole, yeah. whole thing's off. Like imagine if you had to play basketball with like a softball because that would be Shaq pretty much like he's he's palming the whole th- his hands are bigger than half the ball so how of course he's gonna be bad at free throws It'd be ridiculous if he was good at them you know what I'm surprised he never tried doing grannies I believe Rick Barry tried to get him to do granny shots and he started to do it had some success and then thought it looked stupid because somebody made fun of him and he would refuse to ego yeah um because I think Will Chamberlain did that too. Well, we figure when you're that tall, you're doing grannies. You're mm. almost just, by the time you release it, mm. you're just kind of pushing it forward. It's all in the name granny. If it wasn't granny shot, uh, if it was called, like, I don't know, fucking gladiator shot, maybe people <laughs> yeah. would uh, accept it more. Right. Speaking of gladiators, we got a great show. We're going to be talking about maybe gladiators. You don't know, because I, I, no I would idea. not tell you the idea that I just looked up right before you got here. I'm, I'm in as much of the dark as the uh, listeners are. This may well, be... No, the, the, at this point, the listeners know more because they have read the title, the title so yeah. they, they know more than They're not in the dark at all. They're in the broad daylight. I I don't know. Maybe we should start the episode. Probably. And then we could just talk about it, and then you won't be surprised because it's not very surprising. I mean, you might be a little surprised. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, folks... Uh, Stick around. By the way, well, this is probably going to be a DBS episode, I would imagine. Oh, so this is see, a, I figured next week would probably be a DBS episode. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, But anyway, I just wanted to say that I like butts. 
I uh, also wanted to say that we are going to be, possibly, we're thinking about, for our 100th episode, the actual episode of the ongoing normal DPW podcast, not the DBS or Storycast or Mere Coming Men or any yeah. of that stuff, just the normal podcast, we're at like a 93 or something, I'm thinking about changing the intro music. Oh yeah, we have talked about that. We've talked about that, so I don't know if we're going to do a poll, if we're going to do, just change it, I don't know, but 100th episode. We should see if we have any uh, skilled listeners giving submissions. Mmm, that sounds like work though. Sounds like I would have to do like talk to people. Well, they just have to send this thing in. We can listen to it. But it gets garbage. Never get back to them. <laughs> garbage. I hate it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, stick around and uh, don't get used to this intro music because it might change. You are listening to the Drunk Pen Ready Podcast. How you doing, buddy? All right, friend. All right, guy. Um, I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Edmonton Erection Eraser Church. Oh, whoa. It was going to be, first I thought of erector, erection, erector, but that means you're erecting erections. That's a little, mm. That's better than fucking erasing them. And then, that, you know what that means, right? Well, I was going to go even harder and be... <laughs> The Edmonton Erection Eradicator, <laughs> but I feel like that's re- like you're forcing it. Then now you're like a you know a sexual deviant erasing them. Uh, it's so probably not good. No. I, I know what that means, but that's why I said it. But it's it was worse. There was worse things. Uh, today's episode sponsored by who does sponsors? I haven't listened to like current podcasts. Mom. Well, the most current podcast I listen to is I finally caught up on all my podcasts, and I'm actually looking for new podcasts to listen to. I, uh, I've been getting a lot of UPMC ads. Like, that's what, I'm not getting, like, Squarespace, or right? I'm just, just, like, UPMC ads. That's all well, I get now. It depends on, uh... Maybe the level. Well, those are just ads, but I think that's different versus sponsored. Yeah, because, like, depending on, like, there's some podcasts, I listen to, like, the Kevin Smith podcast, they have, like, sponsors where they have, like, a copy that they read and also go off and stuff. But then there's, like, this uh, comic book podcast I listened to called World Balloon, and it would just have ads play. And mm. I think it's literally just n- whatever, just new yeah. ads. It probably is whatever my phone's telling it that I'm into now, like, you know. Yeah, that's what I get, and I absolutely hate them because I don't give a fuck. I already have UPMC, too, by the way. Like, that's just whatever my work plan is. So I don't need ads for it. I'm not going to, like, go on my own and buy it, so. Uh, but today's episode, 50 of the best fantasy characters ever. I, I looked through, like, a couple, so you do know yeah. personally at least one that I, just from, like, the 10 or so I looked at. And the other ones, <laughs> obviously, I'm going to know because I'm a big fantasy buff now. I mean, I'm sure I know, at least know of some You know of them. I'm just saying you don't know personally from yeah, personal okay. reading. Are we doing all 50? Yeah, those are very short. Oh, okay. Uh, these are in no order, by the way, so oh, just going to read the favorite. Do you want me to count down 50? Fuck. <laughs> you want to know who the, the first one on this list is, though? But seeing this thing, is that number one or is it number 50? Doesn't matter. It's just it the kinda, first one on the list. It kind of does. It kind of does. All right, we're descending order. Because these are best characters. Well, these are best characters, so I guess, yeah. yeah it kind of matters, right? All right, well, 50's the worst, and now the worst of the bunch is Bilbo Baggins. How do you feel about that? From The Hobbit. 
I'm fine with that. I don't think Bilbo's that cool of a character. He's kind of a nerdy guy. No, he doesn't show up in any of the Lord of the Rings, does he? Yes. Does he? Yes. Okay, I wasn't. I, did, I didn't know how the Hobbit ended. I Literally guess. a big part of the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. So wait, so, who's who's the the precious guy? That's Gollum. Gollum. Because he was a normal person, they got turned into that. He was Smeagol. Okay. But he was still kind of creepy before. Yeah. Bilbo was a bearer of the One Ring and is an adoptive uncle to Frodo Baggins. Though he may be small in size, Bilbo has a huge, friendly personality. See, I was going to... Huge! You were thinking wiener. Because you're the erection eraser, so you're thinking... He does have huge feet. He's a hobbit. Hairy feet, too. The tiny hobbit has had so many fantastic adventures that he eventually had to make a written account of them. A lover of books, food, and other comforts of home, Bilbo is a hero that's that it's easy for the reader to identify with. He's a man of leisure. I like him. Oh, he's a hobbit of leisure. They're not really men, I guess. Um, there's a difference if you read the books. Uh, also, going back to the sh- uh, the feet thing, for the most part, hobbits don't wear shoes, but shoes are a thing in the hobbit world. Like, some shoes to get shoes. Like like that hobbits wore shoes? Or just yeah, the beans that hobbits wore... would wear shoes because they have these big furry feet. Yeah. They don't really need them, but some of them do like to have shoes. I don't know, look fancy. but Probably the high class. I just or... like the detail that hobbits could have shoes if they want. Those are probably the people that have like a double story little loft thing. Hobbits do not like double stories. Even the ones that do have double stories, they don't like living on the second story. They like one floor. Mm. Ranch style. No basement. They do have basements. They just don't. You know what? No, no, no. We got a lot to cover here. Uh, number one, I have not read. I, this has been on my list of things to read that I probably never will get to unless we cover it for the podcast. But Death from Discworld. Uh, are you familiar with Discworld? I know. Uh, it's um the the guy who co-wrote. Terry Pratchett. Yeah, uh, who, who co-wrote uh, Good Omens yeah. with Neil Gaiman. Yeah. I've heard of it. But isn't that one of those things? It's like he, a lot of them or something. Yeah, there are like forty something books of them. Uh, yeah, probably. And he probably died. And he died, so I don't yeah. even know if he finished it. So it's yeah. like, oh, do I want to get into that? I don't know. Death in Terry Pratchett's Discworld book series isn't your typical Grim Reaper. He looks like it. He's just a skeleton man, and you know, the, when you think of Grim Reaper, that's what he looks like. He does ri- unless that's not an actual image. Photo credit Wikipedia. <laughs> uh. He does ride a noble living steed named Binky. After all. The way Death sees it, his job isn't to kill, but to collect dead souls and wait for them to be reborn. Throughout the series, Death is a source of hilarious and often disarmingly poignant moments. A family guy death. Ah, yes. Maybe, I don't have any clue, because it was Norm MacDonald and Adam Carolla both uh, voiced that character. But I would imagine maybe that Death was inspired by this, if it's hilarious. That's uh, just spitballing. Uh, Next up, Harry Potter from Harry Potter. Explanatory. The Boy Who Lived is one of the fantasy genre's greatest gems. The Hogwarts universe is magical. We all know Harry Potter. I mean, I guess we all know The Hobbit. Do I really got to read all these? I'm not going to. We got too many to cover. You know Harry Potter. You've seen the movies. One of the biggest characters. He's a wizard. Wizard. Goes to Hogwarts. Does wizarding stuff. Fights the uh, the no-nose guy, Ralph Fiennes. The you not shall speak of Isn't guy. Isn't it fucking bad that I know his name is Ralph Fiennes, but I don't know what the character is actually called? Well, he doesn't have a name, right? And they're not supposed to speak it. I'm pretty sure he has a name. Let me see if it says right here. That's how I read fast. Hogwarts? No, it doesn't say. But he, yeah, he's a wizard. Also, possibly rip off of Neil Gaiman's uh, Magic, whatever that was series was called. Book of Magic. Book of Magic. It looks like it. I don't know how to pronounce this properly. From Game of Thrones, Tyrion Lannister? Tyrion Lannister? Yeah, Ty- Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. A Song of Ice and Fire. Is that uh, Peter Dinklage character? 
I only know that because there's a Peter yeah. picture of Peter yeah. Dinklage. Yeah. I never watched Game of Thrones, and somebody would not let me fucking buy the $85 book series. Somebody took it out of my hands and said, no, Caleb, you can't read Game of Thrones because then you'll be off the deep end and I'll never get to talk to you again. You could just join me. No. You, you can join me on this quest. If it was finished, I'd be yeah. all for it. I will tell you something about Lord of the Rings, Spencer. I am fairly certain the word quest only came up one time. Yeah? Because I know how you feel about that word after we did King Arthur. The quest and questing and all that. I know you don't like it, but I'm pretty sure. Now, Game of Thrones, I can't be sure. I don't like aimless questing. I Questing questing with a purpose. Yes. You're questing, well. We they got go that. to the ring. They lead their walking that's a cool. That's an actual quest. Uh, King Arthur was more just like. Uh, Body gagging. We're just fucking, you know, going to wander the woods and see what we'll get into. Despite Tyrion being accused for several crimes he didn't commit, he manages to power through and escape every time. He's formidable, both in intellect and in battle. Although he's been persecuted for being a dwarf, Tyrion doesn't let people's opinions about him stop him, which is why we consider him to be such a strong character. In the book, is he a little person? Yes. Okay. So that was good casting. Because yeah. either way, I from what, just what I've seen, Peter Dinklage nails that role. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, um... Cause I think, uh, yeah, in the books he's a. I'm pretty sure in the books he's a he's a he's a dwarf too. Um, I didn't know if they're going like X Men style, where they just kind of changed the character to fit his, you know, size. Yeah. Um. Next up, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Skip. Yeah, we all know Gandalf. He's uh Gandalf the Grey. He's a wizard, and he's pretty much the reason why these damn hobbits are involved in these books. And uh, he's very smart. He goes on lots of adventures that we never get to hear about. He tells them, everybody else about him. We just don't, as the reader, don't get to hear about him. Then eventually, if you've seen the movies, he becomes Gandalf the White. I haven't reached that part yet. He becomes Gandalf the White. And you know what? The scene in the movie where he does the, you shall not pass. I always liked that scene because that was a cool scene. Yeah. It's in the book and it's almost verbatim and it's fucking awesome in the book. And I was pumped. I was like, yeah. Because also, there was not a lot happening up to that point. just walking. So when that happened, I was like, fucking yeah. Well, I, Take the ball. And Balrog is such a cool name. Well, they're all very close because uh, Peter Jackson was like a huge fan of yeah. the series, right? That's so. why you need a huge fan to do the... Because I heard the new Lord of the Rings series on Hulu is actually like a prequel. It's before Hobbits and anybody. Yeah. So I think that's a good way to go. Because if you just redid the Lord of the Rings, I think people would be kind of shitty. Well, then too, like we said, even like we've seen at the books where they have all these different... He wrote all these other different stories mm. that are set like in Midward and er, Mid Middle Earth, Middle Earth, and stuff like that. So you can even take some of that stuff that don't deal right. with you know that don't deal with nobody. Next up, and I know you like this character, and I might actually mispronounce his last name because I've never said it out loud. Roland Deschain from the Dark Tower. I f I just was hearing him on uh on another on a Stephen King podcast. It's like yeah, it's something like that. D Chain Deschain Chain. So. Uh, Stephen King has often called The Dark Tower his defining work, and most of the book series' success can be attributed to its unforgettable gunslinging protagonist, Roland S. Chain. Roland's job is to keep the peace in his society, but that task isn't always an easy one. Though he often appears apathetic, when it comes to his singular purpose of reaching the Dark Tower, Roland is dangerously relentless. Now, not even really related to that, uh, would you say The Dark Tower is Stephen King's masterpiece, his magnum opus? I know it's a grand scale thing, but would you say that's his actual defining work, or do you think other things um, you I know, mean, supersede I, that? I could see that. Well, I mean, I know for him he obviously thinks it is, but for just I the average reader... I could definitely see, like, the first four. The last three kind of get a little long. Like, they're good. There's seven of them? Yeah, they get, they get, they get a little... They kind of get a little long, because... 
it gets to the point where he writes himself oh, into boy. it. Oh, boy. Because, like, there's crossing wards and stuff like that. But, yeah, I could definitely see that. But, I mean, other than that, well, you got, like, you got, like, the stand or it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So. All right. Well, now we're getting into the little, uh, we're getting into the, kind of the boggy area where neither of us, I don't think, are going to be familiar with some of these. Or at least this one. Um, and I'm probably going to fuck up the name. Or at least, uh, I never heard of this. Carsa Orlong from Malison? Malazon? Nothing. At more than seven feet tall, our red coup. At more than seven feet tall with a huge peanut. No, sorry. <laughs> if you if you know, you know. If you listen to the uh, the cold open. I feel like some people probably skip the cold open. You think they do? I would. I heard that some people think the cold open is the best part of the show. It should be the whole episode. <laughs> you know what? I've heard that too. At more than seven feet tall with impressive muscles and a tattooed face, this young warrior is an intimidating one. For Malazan Book of the Fallen, Carsa belongs to the Urid tribe that resides on the Genabacus continent. And while he's a killer, he's a little more sympathetic than most since at one point he was linked to the spirits of everyone he slayed. That's kind of cool. Um, never heard yeah. of that. That's one thing that I've always, uh, that uh, has kept me away from some fantasy and even that I've had a trouble with um, with uh, some sci-fi is like the naming of things and places and people like especially with the fantasy because I feel like some people just try to go really out there. I feel that I've gotten better since I've expanded my reading to uh, many many years ago expanded my reading to like Japanese and some Russian and things that are there's going to be some words that I'm not going to be able to pronounce and actually have to look up. Uh, even though most fantasy and stuff, they use uh, kind of a style that even sci-fi because they kind of go like alien style, but they use it as like a thing that's like not really pronounceable. Like they come up with a name, but it's not like something you normally would be able to pronounce. But I feel like those kind of things help me, like especially when you like read uh, or like you start learning like old Irish names and stuff because they just throw fucking letters in there. So once you can pronounce some of that stuff, you could kind of at least make up a cool pronunciation mm. of some names, and that helps. But uh, like you say, sometimes you just go like, "This guy's name's Brian now." Yeah, yeah. Gershin <laughs> No, his name's Brian. Well, that's like um, that's one of the always uh jokes whenever um, uh, longtime comic book fans, whenever Marvel started putting out all these movies, like some of these characters, be like, I can "That's how they say their name." Yeah. I was saying that name wrong for like thirty years. That's how you pronounce Nord. Yeah. Meow meow. Meow meow. Uh, next up is Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Not much to tell here. Belle, you know her. She's, uh, which was that, was that a book? I'm gonna guess it'd probably be like Hans Christian Anderson and yeah. all those things. But she was a bookish lady, loved books. I always thought she was the Honda because, you know. She <laughs> 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 just went limp there, Caleb. Dude, it did go limp. Oh, man, my mic just got top heavy finally. Yeah, you, you, you talked about, you were talking about Belle and it just went, Imagine that what happened if you start talking about the beach the beast and it just started <laughs> That's skyrocketing. Not, I actually installed it purposely so that whenever I get misogynistic or sexist <laughs> or anything, it just fucking flops down. It's like, hey, reel it back. But uh Belle, she's uh you know, she meets what is he, a prince or something, but he looks like a beast and she falls in love with his real self and then she finds out his real self. Like he's, you know, his inner self versus his outer self. Well, what I thought was interesting with that is whenever, because he talked that, that was one of the things that episode for uh, Myth and Legends podcast we listened to. Oh, you're talking about like the original version? Yeah, when he was more like a lizard yeah. than like a, like, like a hairy beast. Yeah. And I always thought it was creepy with the things that were like inanimate objects that used to be people. 
Like, I yeah. didn't like that idea because, like, I don't know, man. Imagine the things you would do if you didn't realize your lamp was a person that could see you. Well, could you imagine drinking tea out of somebody that you used to know? You know that has got to be the butthole, right, you're drinking out of. I feel like it would be. We're not going to go there. Uh, next up, Mary Poppins from Mary Poppins. The magical nanny teaches us that with wit, kindness, and bottomless ba- and a bottomless bag, life can be full of beauty and fun. I always like the Mary Poppins, singing and dancing. I always like the, uh, I've seen it many years ago, many moons ago, on the YoyTube, uh, Jewish YouTube. It's, um... <laughs> It's a Mary Poppins trailer, but the dark version, if it was a horror movie. Oh, yeah. And it's very menacing. It's very scary. She comes in, like, during a storm and shit. I just always, like, uh, what's his name, like, terrible, like, Cogni accent. Um... Uh, Dick Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, this is more up your alley. Alibaba from Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Uh, both of us need to read The Arabian Nights. I think I have it, but I just never. Oh, I'm sure you have it on one of your fancy bookshelves over there. Yeah, I just never got to it. Uh, you may or may not have heard the original stories from the Aladdin in the uh, the Arabian Nights series are like fucking horrible though, aren't yeah. they? Like very violent and I think so, yeah. From the Myth and Legends episodes I listened to about them, they just all seem bad. Like some, I think there's one like people kept getting like fucking putting boiling things of oil or something. Uh, you may or may not have heard of Alibaba, but he's a character from 1001 Nights, also known as Arabian Nights. Well, that sounds like the porn version, <laughs> which was one of the first collections of fantasy stories ever published. Alibaba is just a poor woodcutter, but he becomes a badass when he discovers a thieves' den, which he enters by saying, Open Sesame. He subsequently is hunted down by the thieves and must fight them every step of the way to keep the den's treasure intact. Uh, next up, Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. And that's one I've never seen the movies or heard people say. I would not know how to pronounce Hermione. It's just a weird name. I always, I always thought it was Hymen. Like Hymen. That's like, not good. That's what I always thought, though, when I... I was little and people like I'd look at the book and like who's Jaime? Like, I'm sure there was many a jokes of that as she got older. Probably again, she's the lady Harry Potter. She's uh, keeping him out of trouble in the books and saving the day and stuff. And, yeah, we don't need to. Ooh, this one always kind of creeped me out. Jareth from Labyrinth. That's uh, Billy Idol. Was it not Billy Idol? Why am I saying Billy? I like Billy Idol more actually. I know it's blasphemous, but um, David Bowie. He's like very. Very sexual. That whole movie's kind of weirdly sexual. Like, I remember young, probably teenage Jennifer Connelly just going through, and there's, like, a lot of rapey things in that movie. Uh, was that a book? In the role of Jareth, the Goblin King, in the 1986 Jim Henson film. That was a Jim Henson film? Uh, Labyrinth. David Bowie inspired many a sexual awakening. It's, he had that big bulge, too, with yeah. those tight pants. His fashion sense, musical abilities, and magnetism make... Jareth, one of the most iconic characters to come out of the dark fantasy films of the 80s. I thought this was going to be just books, but I guess it's all all things. we got to speed this up. How the fuck do you say this name? K-V-O-T-H-E? Kvoth? Kingkiller Chronicle. I like the name. Yeah. Never heard of the Kingkiller Chronicle. The musically gifted protagonist of Patrick Rothfuss' fantasy epic Kingkiller Chronicles is quick-witted and independent with a voracious appetite for learning. He perseveres in the face of unimaginable personal tragedy and turns to music and learning as a means of providing solace. He makes a compelling protagonist, to say the absolute least. Never heard of that. Aang from Avatar. I never watched the anime or not much knowledge from my end. Yeah, yet. I never really w- watched much of the... Uh, oh, the... Oh. Avatar. Uh, I was thinking... The Last Airbender. I was thinking of... Um, Avatar, Pe- the Blue Moon. Pe- no. Yeah, the Blue People. In Avatar The Last Airbender, Aang awakens after hundreds of years to find his people, the peaceful air nomads, have been destroyed by the Fire Nation. 
Aang, still merely 12 years old, has the immense responsibility to end the cataclysmic war, but retains his kindness and good cheer even as he struggles to bear the burden of the expectations he faces. I always heard that it was really good. Yeah, that, never... that's why everybody was enraged when they M. Night shit a lot, fucking ruined yeah. that movie. Um, it's just one of those things, I just, I, I missed it. I missed, it. like Harry Potter, I just missed the wave for some reason. And I'm, you know, I feel like I'm too old to go back now. I never, I did not know how to pronounce this lady's name. Ewan from Lord of the Rings, E-O-W-I-N. Ewan demonstrates her incredible bravery when disguised as a man. She takes matters into her own hands and charges into the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, slaying the Witch King of Agmar. Oh, great spoilers. I haven't got that far yet. Still reading. Ewan's bravery, compassion, and drive to defy others' expectations of her makes her one of the greatest female warriors of all. I watched this movie years ago. And it was really freaky, but I couldn't tell you what it's about. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, uh, I never watched it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. That's, in, that's a... Guillermo del Toro. Ophelia. Pan's... Isn't, that the, isn't that the one with the dude with yeah. the hands in his eyes? Yeah. It's very creepy and weird, but I don't. I can't tell you much about like, I couldn't tell you the plot. I don't remember. It's impossible to keep your heart from breaking over the troubles faced by Ophelia, the protagonist of Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth. Sent to live with her stepfather, a powerful member of the fastest arm, fascist army, Ophelia will stop at nothing to protect her family from him, bravely facing monsters, both those in the everyday world and those of the fantastical labyrinth, to save the people she loves. I'm a big fan of labyrinths. You're uh, not? I am. Oh, you are? Like, I just like labyrinths. Like, fucking Hellraiser 2 with the labyrinth and the god of the labyrinth, the lord of the, lord of the labyrinth, you know, la the movie labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. There's anything with Labyrinth. I like the word, too. What about, uh, what's his face? The, uh, the Greek thing with the, um, the Minotaur. I like the Minotaur. There, there's a Labyrinth in there. That's the first Labyrinth I fell in love with. And it's hard to pass that up. I like video games where you get lost in Labyrinths. Talk about Labyrinths all day. They get my fucking rocks off. <laughs> uh, next up we have Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, also known as Strider and many other fucking names. So how many characters are in Lord of the Rings? Because I just want to know how many of them are going to be on this list. Because I figure all of them will be on this list. There's many, many more, but the movies do not have Tom... What was his name? Bobadil? Uh, he was like a godlike character almost in the book, and he was very important to the first story. Uh, the first arc, and they didn't put him in the movies because they probably didn't have enough time. He didn't. He wasn't necessary for him. But after reading his character, I'm like, oh, I really would have liked to see that guy. He seemed very fun. Maybe in the prequels. Yeah. So Aragorn, uh, he like becomes the king, doesn't he? That's all we need to know. Uh, Dumbledore from Harry Potter. Dumbledore could be mercurial, ignomatic, and a little infuriating, but that was just part of the Hogwarts headmaster's considerable charm. Uh, was he the one? I remember everybody makes fun of in the books. It's like, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to make something up because I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was like in the dialogue, he was like, sit down, Dumbledore said calmly, but in the movies, like, sit down, like he's screaming. Oh, probably. So everybody. Well, because uh, in the movies, wasn't it, um, uh, what's his face? Um, You're going to be incorrect, so no. No, the bad, the bad guy from, uh, from Die Hard and. Um, no. No? That's Snape, isn't that Snape? Oh, Maybe. Are you talking about, um, he died recently. Yeah, yeah. a few years ago. Uh, no, I can't forget. No, I got to forget his name. How do I forget his name? I hate when that happens. Uh, next up, Korra, the legend of Korra. Uh, a reincarnation of Avatar Aang, the powerful Avatar Korra is one of the most badass female characters to ever appear in a Western animated show, and her groundbreaking relationship with Azami left us incredibly emotional. Again, 
Never watched Avatar. Now we're going into just anime, I guess. Sand from Princess Mononoke. Mononoke. Abandoned by her parents when she was very young, Sam was raised by wolves and has a fierce, loyal bond to her wolf family in the forest where she lives. She's not afraid to die or kill to save her home and the animals she loves, but with the help of Prince Ashtakach, she has the strength to gradually acknowledge her humanity as well. Okay, here's another one you might know. Susanna from the Dark Tower. Oh, yes, yes. Susanna Dean is the brave, witty, and courageous heroine of Stephen King's The Dark Tower epic. She quickly takes to the life of a gunslinger, but never allows herself to lose her sense of compassion. Ultimately, her ability to be a fierce fighter while also caring for the members of her ragtag found family are what keep Roland and his clan, or Katet, Katet? Katet. Katet, safe from many of Midworld's dangers. You know what they don't even mention in that? That she doesn't have any legs. She's well, she like, has them, but they're like... When she was in a, when she was young, she was in an accident and like from the knees down, so she's in a wheelchair with like the whole thing. Legless, huh? That's not a good place to be legless, I would imagine. Probably better than the stand being legless. Oh yeah. Uh, next up, and I only know how to pronounce her name because I heard it eight million times from other people. Daenerys Targaryen, A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. Uh, this bold ruler has been through hell and back, but she hasn't let it bow her. Bow her, bow her. With her dragon children at her side, she's determined to be the ruler of the Seven Kingdoms, and we think she might just succeed unless they fuck it up at the end of the series and just have her, like, light people on fire and get killed. Then I guess she wouldn't be the ruler of anything, right? That's how it happens. Well, I mean, again, the mood, the show is supposed to be different than the, the books book. when they finally come Yeah, out. because one of the big scenes in the books is she gets mad diarrhea on top of a dragon, oh, and they yeah. do not include that in the book for nope. some, or in the movie or TV show. Cable network television program. They don't have her pooping on dragons, I guess. I don't know if she pooped on the dragon. She might got off the dragon to poop. I, that'd be common courtesy. If I was on a dragon, that's probably a good chance that I'm shitting. Just not like, trying to shit on the dragon. You're I'm probably shit. just shitting and then I happen to be on the dragon, so it's going to be on the dragon. Mm-hmm. Next up, Winter is Coming. Jon Snow, Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire. He doesn't say Winter is Coming. Who says Winter is Coming? I don't know. I never watched it. Uh, generous, brave, and capable of sacrificing for the needs of others like a true leader, we wouldn't mind seeing John rolling alongside Danny. Uh, next up, Elena, the Song of the Lioness. This looks older. The protagonist of Tamora Pierce's beloved book series, The Lioness Courtlet. Elena switches places with her male twin in order to train as a knight. As she grows from a young page to a grown wo- warrior woman, Elena faces many dilemmas that, although set in a fantastical world, will resonate with real-life women and girls who have been judged by their gender. Well, that's actually a pretty common story a lot of the times. The old lady switching switching and doing some man stuff. The old Jonah Arc kind of deal. Not sure how to pronounce this. Tamari, T-E-M-E-R-A-I-R-E, Tamari. The Temaer series. Uh. The Chinese Imperial Dragon from Naomi Novik's book series of the same name, Temaer is a character of a character it's impossible not to fall for. An aspiring poet and politician who's unfailingly devoted to his Captain Lawrence. Temaer I fucking hate that name. I'm gonna call it Big T. Big <laughs> T is also adamant about doing what he believes to be right, even when it's not the popular decision. Yeah, we'll go back and retcon that so it's all Big T. <laughs> the Big T series. <laughs> Next up, Arya Stark, Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire. 
Area, the youngest daughter of House Stark has always been a warrior. From early childhood, she was more interested in practicing swordsmanship than acting like a lady. She's headstrong. Headstrong. I'll suck you up. <laughs> I don't know even where to send people to look for that. You can't find it on YouTube. I was saying, probably not the best when talking about this character because uh, she's like a little girl. Ew. She gets nasty later on, doesn't she? There is a sex scene in the last season, and it's uncomfortable. Uh, aren't they all uncomfortable in that show? Well, no. I mean, there's just... I mean, some of the sex scenes are kind of like... It's, it's weird. There's like, a lot of non-consensual fornicating well, yeah, in but that. I mean, like, that's not as uncomfortable as, like, this sex scene. Really? Because, like, you don't see anything... Just, just stop. I don't want to know. I don't want to... I don't want to You'll be. find out. Show me later. <laughs> um, she's headstrong and may just survive the brutal con- contest over the Iron Throne. She is one of, like, the most badass characters in the in the whole series. It's good to know. Fun fact, Queen Elizabeth, they wanted her to sit on the Iron Throne and take a picture uh, when she was visiting the fucking Game of Thrones set, I get or something, uh, set or something. She refused because as the queen, she's not allowed to sit on any throne but her own. Oh. Did not know they held that so, you know, like a fake throne you can't well, even sit on. And really, how many thrones are there? Uh, if she goes to America, she's not allowed to use like a toilet because yeah, you call right? that the throne around here. Porcelain throne, yo. Um, here's another hard name. Moriane Damadred from Wheel of Time. Uh, That's the, becoming like a series or something. Wheel of Time. A powerful member of the A.S. Moraine's unprecedented achievements are known far and wide. We got Steerpike from Gormengast. This one's German or something. An anti-hero in Mervin. P- Mervin. Mervin. <laughs> and it's spelled with a Y. Marv. An anti-hero in Mervyn Peake's Gormacast books and their excellent BBC adaptation, Steerpike is the kind of character you love despite their machinations. A conniving kitchen boy determined to wreak a conniving kitchen boy determined to wreak revenge on the class system of the crumbling Gorgamast kingdom. Steerpike is both a tragic figure and a villain. I can't wait till I get like the hate mail for how uh. I mispronounce them because I'm sure these are all. All beloved by like some people, like oh, hard yeah. fan base. There's like, oh my god, he said big T because he couldn't pronounce the fucking name. It's Termagurgan. <laughs> is that so hard to pronounce, Termagurgan? Maybe it is. Uh, next one, uh, we've we've encountered a guy who's really into this, but I I never really saw the appeal. Buffy from Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer. Uh, high school is hard. It's even harder when you're a vampire slayer living in Hellmouth. But Buff, is it Hellmouth or Hellmouth? Probably Hellmouth because but it's figured, spelled Hellmouth. Yeah, because like if you live someplace, well, you live someplace called Hellmouth. I thought I already did, but but Buffy handles her unique adolescent cha- challenges with kick butt. Pro- really, with kick butt prowess and immense charm. I hate when people say kick butt. It reminds me of one time I was watching old WCW, and uh, for whatever reason they didn't want because they were pretty raunchy back then. Yeah. For some reason they didn't want Hulk Hogan to say ass. I think it was because when he was normal Hogan before he was uh, uh, went Hollywood. Before he went Hollywood, and he was like, "Hey brother, I'm gonna tell you something, brother. I'm gonna kick your butt." And I was like, oh, "He said butt." <laughs> Like, that's just not threatening. No, I don't care how big and muscly you are. If you say you're going to kick my butt. Yeah. I'm like, all right. All right, Grandpa. Uh, next up is Willow from Willow. I never watched this. Willow Oofgood is a kind magician and family man who quickly welcomes the orphan girl, Alora Donnan, into his family, even without knowing she's the child prophesized to defeat the relentless queen, Bob Morda. He will do anything to protect Alora and the rest of his family and is eventually, and rightfully, hailed as a hero. 
I think you're right about some of these. I think that they just make up any combination of letters and call it a name. Because, like, what I, what I like is whenever you find, a, like, a story like this and they use, like, how you were talking about you using, like, Russian or Japanese or, like, Irish. I like it whenever they use, like, root words, like, those kind of, like, root yeah. words and, and things like that and then change them a little bit to make, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just, like... I li- like letter salad or like let me get a uh, let me get a bowl of apple bowl alphabet soup dump or, it on the floor or, or, or cereal and just like let me see what I get out of my spoon okay that's what that's called that's what his name is uh, next up princess speaking of princess Camorine the enchanted fortress the enchanted forest chronicles the headstrong headstrong and suck you up I need to find that I can't because it's only on Instagram I think or I'd find that and I'd splice it into here that song, but it's not on YouTube. I'd look for hours, because <laughs> I just like I want to see a full version of it. It's it's great. The headstrong and hilarious princess at the center of Patricia C. C. Reed's enchanted forest stories. Princess Kimorine decides that royal life isn't for her liking and braves the perils of the enchanted forest to work for the dragon Gazul, Shadow Moon. This is from American Gods. Uh, I don't. Everyone in that in that or is that the name? Hold on. Been a minute since I read that. The ex-con protagonist of Neil Gaiman's urban fantasy book *American Gods*, Shadow Moon is the coolest guy around. Heck, he's literally Odin's bodyguard. What's cooler than that? I forgot. I knew his name was Shadow. I forgot his last name was Moon. Yeah. Now I think about it, it's a stupid name, Shadow Moon. You know, real quick before we go into anybody else, you know who I'm gonna be real upset when they're not on this list? Mario. Super Mario or regular Mario? They're the same. It's Mario. Luigi. Well, maybe there's no video game characters though. He's been in different things. I mean, because, I mean, Mario is fantasy, right? If you have Mario, then you got to have Zelda, and then you got to have Sonic, and then you got, you just go on Sonic's the list. Sonic's not fantasy. Why? He runs real fast. He's a hedgehog. What's wrong with that? He's like an animophorbic. Morgan, I just made up a word. Animophorbic. That's <laughs> not, not it. Uh, Fa- Falcor, the never-ending story. I only know that because Falcor. We didn't grow up wanting to have Falcor the Luck Dragon as a friend. Who didn't grow up wanting to have Falcor the Luck Dragon as a friend? I didn't, actually. This general flying giant captured the heart of many in 80s and 90s kids. I didn't like that. All I remember from that is the horse dying. I didn't like it. I, uh, I remember the uh, family guy skateboard Peter's riding on me. He's like, yeah. hey, buddy, we're going to take a break. And he just... We're like, going down. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, yeah. Oh, man. Another name. Arnie Sunwoo. Who fears death? If that sounded like I pronounced it right, I probably didn't. Uh, Anya Sunwoo is a young mixed-race girl ostracized by her Akeki community because she's an Iwu. It's a lot of things I don't know. A child conceived when her Okeki mother was raped by a Nuru man. Anya Sunwoo and her mother and stepfather struggle to find acceptance in their community, but when her stepfather dies, Anya Su- big O, grief unlocks the unfathomably powerful magic within her. Her newly discovered magical skills further ostracize her, but also give her the power to possibly bring peace to the Okeki and defeat the powerful sorcerer Diab. That sounds like an African story to me. Uh, and the picture is a looks like an African woman from behind. Uh, she got wings and she's in like a African setting, so I would imagine it's an African story. Octavia Butler Wild Seed to be adapted for the small screen. There's a related article. Uh, next up, Laf- Lafayette from True Blood. Never watched it. I don't like werewolves that much. Uh, that's a werewolf story, right? 
Vampires, right. it's mainly right. vampires, and there's werewolves and changelings, and it just gets all uh, off. The werewolves because... are the sexy shirtless, right? Yes. They're well, old. I mean, they're all sexy shirtless, yeah. but yeah. In the HBO ad- adaptation of Charlene Harris's Suki Stackhouse novels. Suki. Suki. <laughs> you say it like that. Because <laughs> that's how they say it. Her name, Suki. Her, name, her name's Suki, Suki, but like the one main vampire is always like, Suki. <laughs> okay, it sounds gross. Suki. Lafayette was ultimately the only character who made the series worth watching. A medium, short-order cook, an out-gay man, Lafayette boldly takes down bigots in his small town of Bontemps, Louisiana, and stands up for bon his friends. Bonton, Louisiana. Bon, it says Bontemps, T-E-M-P-S. Bon he takes down some gay gay hater guys or something. I don't know. I did see scenes online. from. Uh, I didn't know it was that show, but it has to be. It's like a guy who works in like a kitchen, and he just fucks up some bigots. It's pretty funny. Uh, next up, Xena from Xena, Warrior Princess. A bold, brave, woman-loving woman, Xena will always hold a special place in our hearts. Was Lucy Lawless should have been Wonder Woman 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Whenever it was popular, uh, when Xena was popular, that's when she, she should have been Wonder Woman. That's my personal belief, and I hold it to this day. Don't think Gal Gadot is the well, best. Could you imagine, though, trying to make a Wonder Woman movie back then? It would be really shitty and sexist. Mr. Mountain the Halloween tree. I like the name, Halloween tree. A mysterious, creepy... F- Go ahead. Slurp it. Go ahead, just suck it down. I normally... I don't want that bad. They can hear you slurping that. Sorry, I don't have a big fucking friend's, friend's tit cup to, to drink my beverage from. Just stop talking, Jesus. You're making a fool of yourself on the podcast. The listeners are going to think you're drunk now. What? A mysterious creepy... Because I didn't say what you were drinking. It's water, folks. He wasn't drinking vodka again. A a mysterious creepy figure who shepherds the heroes of the Ray Bradbury's Halloween tree throughout time and space. Carapace clavicle mound shroud is not the kind of character we'd like to meet in a dark alley, especially while trick-or-treating. They really named the middle names clavicle. (laughs) Uh, But he's a huge part of an iconic fantasy story and deserves a spot on this list. That is hopefully soon to be almost over. Yes. Next up, Shathid from Lord of the Rings. No, it's not Shathid. My name's Shathid. Never mind. I saw the thing. It was like, uh, it was a teacher calling out the names in class. He's like, oh, shithead. It's <laughs> Shathid. <laughs> you know there's at least one Shathid out there. Uh, Sam Wise, Gamgee, Gamgee from Lord of the Rings. It's Sam. Sam. Yeah, fucking Frodo's buddy. He's uh in the book. I, maybe it's in the movie too. I didn't really pay. I don't remember enough. It's been. I'm not. When I rewatch them, I, I'll get the gist of but, it. But are uh, they more than friends? N- n- no, they're not more than friends. But Frodo's Sam's master. Like he's like like Sam works for him, but he's like his master. So he's like super devoted, almost like a dog. So I don't know how that Sam plays. Is, a- Sam is to Frodo. Yeah. Okay. Because he's like the gardener, but then he's like he goes with Frodo because he's like Frodo's his master, and I don't know he works for him. So I don't I don't know how hard they play that in the movie, but in the book, like it is developed over time that he you know they're buddies and whatever. But like how it starts is that he's just like hey you know, I'll just do whatever you say because you pay me or something like that. Uh, next up is Morgana Le Fay. Morgana, oh god. I don't want to talk about this ever again. If the word quest comes up, I'll throw my phone. I was wondering whenever somebody yeah. was from the from the old Lord of the Earth, from the old Arthur Arthur's gonna, was going to show up. Morgana Le Fay, she's such a fucking. See you next Tuesday. 
Morgana Le Fay from Arthurian legend is often portrayed as a villain, although in early versions of the Camelot tale, she was depicted as a healer rather than an antagonist. Oh, so they just gave her the old... I think I remember Ash talking about that. They gave her the old fucking bad treatment. Uh, you know, the sexist fuckers back then. They just said, we're going to make her bad. Like they do to everyone. Like Mary Magdalene, they made her like a hooker or something. I don't think she was a hooker. Over time, due in large part to medieval Christianity's views on women, she came to be portrayed as explicitly evil. Well, there, that's our answer. A fascinating figure who has been linked to goddess from both Irish and Welsh mythology, we find the various ways Morgana Le Fay is depicted in the classics and in pop culture to be fascinating. Uh, next up, Ged, a wizard of Earthsea. A paternal Ursuliquent series. Okay, I can't say that word. Um, it's a powerful wizard. An Ursula K. Le Guin's Earth, Earthsea series. Ged grows from a naive young boy into a powerful archmage, determined to prevent the ebb of magical power from Earthsea. His arc is fascinating, and this brilliant series remains one of the greatest additions to fantasy ever. Uh, next up is Anamander Rake from that's Malazan. That Malazan, whatever this is, has fucking got some names in it, man. Powerful mage of ridiculously intimidating proportions. Anamander Rake is an iconic character in the Malazan series. Next up, Pana... Panalimon, the Golden Compass. In Philip Pullman's alternative history fantasy series, The Golden Compass, Panalimon is the protagonist Lyra's demon. Oh, why do they spell demon with A? I hate that. Able, able to shapeshift, at least until he eventually settles on a, fi a final form. This is my final form! Uh, Pan appears throughout the books as everything from a mouse to a dragon. Okay, shapeshifter. We gotta speed this up. Uh, next up, Captain Shakespeare from Stardust. You need to read Sh Stardust. Great fucking book. There, I'm surprised there's not more from Stardust in here, actually. Or just more like Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Yeah, characters in uh, general. In Neil Gaiman's exquisite fairy tale Stardust, which you really need to read, Spencer, Captain Shakespeare helms a sky pirate ship that temporarily carries the protagonist. Although Shakespeare's life sailing the high skies might seem idyllic to you or me, he's charmingly infatuated with non-magical life and takes the name Shakespeare as a tribute to his one and only time visiting outside the wall in England. Although Shakespeare has a relatively brief appearance in Stardust, his life among the skies is unforgettable. Uh, did you ever watch the movie? Yes, I did, and I liked it. Did you? Uh, it was a good bit different from the book from I remember but I liked it yeah because I watched it right after I read the book and you can read the book on the weekend it's not very hard yeah no it's not big uh, this one though I wouldn't pick him as my favorite from the uh, the book or the movie but I would say I like the choice Indigo Montoya from The Princess Bride you killed my father prepare to die uh, Indigo Montoya's rugged charm and singular commitment to avenging the death of his father father <laughs> His father, the death of his father by slaying Count Rugen, makes him one of the most memorable characters in a story positively brimming, brimming with memorable characters. I'm fucking up all over the place now. That was the last one. I'm a big Indigo Montoya guy. Obviously, everybody's gonna go with Fezzik because come on. Um, so, so we had the the lady from um from Arthur, but we didn't have fucking Arthur or um the the wizard guy from Arthur. Um, Merlin. Yeah, no more. Or Sir Lancelot. Yeah. I'm gonna, get, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get canceled for this. That that was a little bit of a woke article, I think. Like some of those picks, I think they because some of those, because uh, remember, I'm not hating on anything. Those all seem like cool things, the ones I didn't know. But that was supposed to be 50 best fantasy characters, and quite a few of those I've never heard of. 
And I'm wondering, has, you know, the mass majority of people heard of those? Or was that just, you know, they wanted to make it a little more of a diverse list? Because I feel like if you were, because they, so this thought it was very weird. They had like fucking 10 from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So if you have, if you're going that route, I mean, like you said, why is it not more Neil Gaiman characters? No more Stephen King characters. Just so many characters. I, uh, any characters, we'll end it on this. Any characters you felt should have been in that list that were left off? I think Conan. Conan could have been cool, yeah. Uh, what about, uh, Solomon Kane? Since you've, I haven't read those, I don't know where those fall. Uh, the same thing. Um, I think maybe those just aren't considered fantasy. Those are because sword and sorcery or blade and sorcery. They're considered, uh, the subgenre of fantasy. What about, like, Cthulhu stuff? That's, That's the, cosmic like, horror. That's uh, not fantasy. Cosmic horror. See, we're splitting hairs, but yeah, cosmic horror. Uh, do you know the difference between sword and sorcery and regular fantasy? Because I found out. I watched a video on is it. Is it just then the sword and sorcery people get murdered? No. Uh, there are darker themes a lot of the time, but fantasy focuses on world building and character development. Sword and sorcery forgoes that and focuses on the action. So yeah. when you have in the sword and sorcery, you have a magic system in that book. It's usually very minimally explained, if explained at all. It's just it. Magic. Uh, there's no building. They just, uh, uh, we don't care about that. We just want to get to the fighting, and there's a lot of romantic subplots, as we read in the Conan stories. Now, in fantasy, it's more about the, like, Lord of the Rings. The character development, the big adventure. It's more about everything but the action, for so to speak. And the sword and sorcery is the action part. Now, I would like a good fantasy that has lots of sword and sorcery action, but, you know, that's just me. Uh, who else... Has been missing on that list. Uh, I would say like Alice in Wonderland could have been like Alice or the yeah. the, the cat or the Mad Hatter would be a cool one. I'd like to see me some Mad Hatter action. Though through the Looking Glass, I bailed on that. Remember when I said uh, Blood Meridian was uh, one of the few books I've ever bailed on? Uh, through the Looking Glass was the other one. Not because that was the first one, right? Because second one. There's two of them. Whatever the second one was, I'm pretty sure that was through the looking glass. It doesn't matter. I like the Alice in Wonderland, but when I read the second book, they just got, like, it might even start with it. It was just chess. Like, very oh. detailed description of them playing chess. And I was like, I don't know, okay, I don't know how to play chess. Who would you add to this list? Um, I'm, shit, I'm not, I don't know. You don't know fantasy, huh? Yeah, like, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure there'd be some, like, as soon as we, like, as soon as we hit the stop recording, I'll come yeah. up with, like, ten. I think the character, uh, Well, like, I think my problem is trying to think of things that would be just fantasy, fantasy like, you know. Is the Witcher fantasy? Would that be considered fantasy or is it sword? See, that's, uh, yeah. again, the split, the sword sorcery is so close. Because, like, Elric of Malibane and, like, any Michael Moorcock stuff, like, you think that would be, but if they're not including sword and sorcery into that mix... Uh, I guess not. And then we're not even going into movies because then we'll be here all day. Um, I guess the Mario. Put it. Do you think that was a solid list, though? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I um, do think they hit the Lord of the Rings too much. Like, maybe just have fucking Lord of the Rings as one and just have a bunch of the, the characters like, listed. The cast of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And also, you didn't have Gollum in there. I feel like if you're going Lord of the Rings, you're going to have to have the bad guys, right? You would think, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, do you really need. Is Sam more memorable than Gollum? Probably not. I mean, yeah, I mean, people go he's second pick, fiddle to Frodo. Because people even now, people who weren't even born when the movie was like when the movies came out, like they know, they know, the, they know the precious, the precious. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think of anything else. Like like you, as soon as we get off here, I'll probably fucking remember fifty. I'm like, oh no, that was a better choice. Oh, 
Anyway, um, if you folks like this episode, you should read our fiction. Do we have any fantasy stories? Uh, I think we have one from a year or two ago somebody submitted. But as far as us, I don't have anything I would consider straight fantasy. I have a sword and sorcery story on yeah. there. Uh, Asher Kang versus the Army of the Dead, if you're interested in reading that. Though that is the only one of the only pig articles on there. I think it's like a dollar. Uh, because well, that's that was pretty a, big, though, right? Yeah, so that's a very long piece. So I figured, uh, you know, if you want to read, because again, we don't just put shit up on there and make you pay for it. I put that on because that's going to be in a collection one day. I hope. Uh, I was working on other stuff at the time, um, other Asher Kang stories, but that was uh, one of those things like a limited time, like how my uh, story, my Halloween story was. Like I had a limited time for people to read for free, and then after like my Halloween story, I just have it on private now, like. I actually have it, so if you have the password, you can read it. Mm. So in case somebody was really interested, they could reach out. And I'm like, hey, if you really want to re- read this, I'll give you the password. I don't care. You can read it. Uh, but until then, you have to wait until the DBW collection. Would you consider Daily Rounds Fantasy? Uh, I mean, it's out there. It is out there, but it's not. It's kind of, I mean, it's not set in the real world, but it kind of is. Urban Fantasy? Maybe, yeah. Uh, urban Fantasy. Or that magical realism thing i don't know that's again splitting hairs yeah uh i say we probably have we have stories that have elements so yeah elements to it but just straight up fantasy we're definitely not having any like lord of the rings i don't think i don't think i could i don't think i would do a good just straight fantasy story you wouldn't be in for the long haul and making up the names and Uh, yeah or i just i don't think i at least now would have like have a story like you know what i mean that could you know also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at Drunk Pen Writing, uh, Instagram, and Facebook at Drunken Pen Writing. Don't forget that en in there. On uh, YouTube, we got the podcast. I guess I don't know. Um, anything else? Any parting words? Uh, no. 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 Nothing? I don't think so. Fantasy. Read it. Oh, I fucking oh, I can't believe I almost forgot. It's like the biggest thing. Spencer's only fans. The Edmonton Erection Eraser. That one could actually be on there. <laughs> I might have to. I might have to. I might have to get somebody some money to get that username. Yeah. Be careful. Could also be copyright. That sounds like that could be a romance novel. Just stop talking, Jesus. Mario. You're making a fool of yourself on the podcast. The listeners are going to think you're drunk now. Suki. Suki. I don't want to talk about this ever again. Suki.